So just think about it. If you don't spend the effort now, setting these accommodations up, packing familiar clothes, showing your child pictures of what to expect, ordering the Instacart ahead of time. If you don't spend that effort now, how much energy are you going to spend later when you're on vacation and your child is dysregulated, refusing to get dressed, refusing to eat the food that's at the restaurant, or when they're crying and screaming and not wanting to enjoy the luau like everybody else in the family is. So if you or your partner don't have the ability or the energy or the will to set up these accommodations, I get it. It's not easy and sometimes it feels like it's not fair. If that's the case though, then just be ready and willing to deal with a dysregulated child. You can't expect them to live up to these expectations and be regulated without these accommodations if you already know that these things are gonna be hard for them. Welcome to the Sensory Wise Solutions Podcast for Parents, where parents can get real, actionable strategies to support kids with sensory processing disorder. I'm Laura, OT and mom to Liliana, a sensory sensitive kid who inherited my anxiety and my love for all things Disney. Consider me your new OT mom bestie. I know my stuff, but I also know what it's really like in the trenches of parenting a child with sensory processing disorder. Okay, mom, enough about me. Let's start the podcast. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. Today's episode is short and sweet. And if you're listening to this as it comes out, it might not be as timely as I hoped it would be. This is about helping your neurodivergent child when you are going on vacation. And I realize at the time that this is being published, it is not summer anymore, but definitely listen to it. Take some notes and save it for your next holiday vacation, maybe for winter vacation. Maybe you're taking a weekend trip sometime. I don't know. I hope this is still helpful. So it's all about vacation, right? You're going on vacation, except when you're a parent, it's not always exactly a vacation, so to speak, in terms of its real definition of what's actually happening. Because when you actually go on vacation with your kids, it's more like parenting in a different zip code where you're spending more money, having less sleep, and you manage to take some pictures along the way to remind future you that it was all worth it to convince yourself to do this again next year. Or maybe next month if you're a family that travels a lot. I hope that sounds right to you because that's exactly what it's like in this house. So if you're traveling with your neurodivergent child on, quote, vacation, then here are some quick tips to make it easier and hopefully more enjoyable or at least easier to take those, quote, it was all worth it photos and feel like that's less of a forced thing. (laughs) So my first tip for you is related to clothes. Bring comfortable, safe, familiar clothes for the trip. Even if your child isn't technically clothing sensitive, if you have a neurodivergent child in general, make sure you are bringing familiar clothes for the trip. Sometimes parents will go out and buy a whole new wardrobe or special clothes for wherever you're going. That's fine if it's themed. Um... But also make sure that you have a good mix of clothes that are familiar to them and ones that are comfortable for them. 
If you're going to a place where it has like different weather and you have to buy clothes that are appropriate for that location's weather, then I would make sure that you practice wearing it before you go. So the more you could plan, the better. My next tip is one of the most life-saving, life-changing hacks that I did on our previous trip. Now, this is easier if you are traveling somewhere that you are driving to, but you can still do it if you're flying. It just takes a little bit extra planning um, in advance. But this is about making sure that you have with you at all times your child's preferred food and or snacks. So I'm not going to stress this enough to you now. I, I hope you, if, if you were my friend and you were in front of me, I would look you dead in the eyes and like almost shake you for you to really, really grasp this. Save the food exploring and adding food variety and all of that for when you get back from vacation. If you have a neurodivergent kid and a picky eater, find ways to bring as many favorite, predictable, safe snacks and meals with you on the trip. Yes, this means bringing Lunchables to the fancy Italian dinner that you have planned for your family. Put your tunnel vision on. Don't let anybody judge you. Don't feel guilty for providing your child with food that feels safe and comfortable to their body. If you're flying somewhere, obviously you can't really bring that many that much food with you like on the airplane, but If you, at least if you're within the United States, other countries might have other services. So again, this might not be doable for everybody, but if you're like flying somewhere, you can pre-order Instacart or grocery delivery service in advance and have it be delivered within like the hour or two or within the same day that you are supposed to arrive at the Airbnb if you're traveling to an Airbnb. If this was a hotel, I don't know if Instacart delivers to hotels, that would be great, but there has to be some sort of local grocery pickup that you can figure out to do in order to be able to stock up on your child, on your child's favorite foods. Ideally, you would be road tripping and driving, and if that's the case, then you, like, on our last vacation, I brought the air fryer, I brought a cooler with all of the frozen foods that she eats, those dino nuggets, the specific ketchup that they love, and when we got to, it was kind of like a hotel slash Airbnb, it was like a mix, uh, what is, what are those things called, um, timeshares, it was a timeshare, and it felt like a mix between a condo and um, a hotel. Anyway, we brought our air fryer and the frozen foods foods that she loved. And then I went to the local Target and bought some other like convenient meals that she could have and convenient snacks. And we stocked up our fridge and she ate every meal from those things that I packed. I just brought an insulated lunchbox and we brought it all day like to the beach and to the theme parks that we went to. And we didn't have to worry about like looking for that specific pizza that she would eat at the store with not too much seasoning and all of that like it just took away so much stress not to mention the times when you are trying to order at a restaurant for a hangry child who's been out all day on vacation missing naps and you just need the food to come right away we always had our food with us or had her eat before we left the hotel um slash airbnb thing so that is a game changer it feels like it's a simple thing but sometimes you just don't think about it so 
don't stress out when you're on vacation about food. That is not the time to be stressing about your child eating enough broccoli or green beans. It's great to continue the health positive messages that you're sending them and exposing them to these vegetables and talking about them and all of those things that you do with like a food exploring type lens. But you yourself as the parent caregiver, like take down that guilt or stress about making your child eat like a variety of food. Like when you're on vacation, let that go. Okay, my next tip is for for you specifically, not for your child. For you listening, the parent, the caregiver, the adult bringing this person, bringing your family to a vacation spot. Manage your expectations for your child's reactions. I cannot tell you how many times I felt let down, disappointed by my daughter's like could care less reaction when she saw things that completely blew my mind as a kid or things that I still hold very close memories of um, as a child that I knew that when I first saw it, my eyes lit up and she really like, I had to make sure like she actually saw the thing I was pointing at. In fact, this tip for you is actually one that I constantly have to remind myself is that her experience of places that I take her to will not always be the same as what mine were. And the other thing that's important when you have a neurodivergent kid is they don't like surprises. So for example, at Disneyland, I used to want to like hide it, like keep it a secret from her. Like, oh my God, she's going to love this ride. I don't want to tell her what happens because she's going to be so excited when she sees that certain character pop out. It's going to be great. Um, And I wanted to like save the experience as a surprise for her rather than spoiling the ride for her. And I realized that that wasn't the best solution for my child who does not do well with unexpected surprises, even when they're really fun and great. It, she just does not respond well to things that she doesn't expect. So for the whole experience of being at Disneyland or whatever place we're going to, I always make it a point to show her videos and pictures in advance um, so that she can mentally prepare for what the experience is going to be like. And it does not take away for her, from her excitement when she sees it. She's not like, oh, I already saw this. I knew that was going to happen. She loves it almost, I would say, even more because then she's able to enjoy it and know what's going to happen. And she's like remembering it and anticipating certain fun parts of the ride or whatever the experience is. Um, highly recommend if you have a neurodivergent kid, definitely one, manage your expectations and two, don't keep surprises from them. So that kind of goes with the the next step tip that I'm sharing with you is to show videos and pictures of places you'll visit and the places that you're going to sleep. So show them the pictures of the hotel lobby of the what the room models look like. Obviously, the pictures that are on the hotel website are never exactly what you're getting. Those um, photographers and marketing experts are great at what they do, but it's a good idea to just give them a visual expectation of like, there's going to be a bed here. There's going to be a door for the balcony. This is what the bathroom might look like. You could even show them a map of the hotel if you have a kid who really likes knowing the map and where things are and what's there. But giving your kids the visuals of what to expect can add one extra layer of regulation protection so that it's one less unfamiliar thing. Remember, the the whole thing of a vacation and going out of town and sleeping somewhere else, that whole route like, is a brand new routine to your child and it's out of the ordinary. So as many gaps that you can fill in because 
it's going to be a new experience each time. They're not going to know what places are going to look like. And they have all these gaps in their brain of like what to expect. The more you can close those gaps and prepare them by telling them what to expect, the more regulated they're going to be able to be. They'll have more reserve, more cognitive energy to listen and to deal with things that come up on vacation. My next tip, bring as many familiar things from home or from their room as possible to help with uh, familiarity, but also to help them with sleeping at night. Again, this is one of those things, if you're flying, this is tricky. You can't really bring too much, but if you have the ability, um, bring some kinds of familiar items from your child's room to help with continuity of their sleep routine and their bedtime routine, maybe something that would provide a visual cue for sleep in the vacation spot. So this could be something as small as like taking their pillowcases from their room and bringing that and then like putting that over the hotel pillows or pack the alarm clock that's in their room or their favorite bedtime book. Um, I pack our stoplight that we use, that's the hatch light that changes colors. I pack that for every vacation, every sleepaway place that we go to. Um, and it's just like a constant like visual cue and reminder that that room, that area is for sleep. All right. And my last tip is for you when you're planning your days, your daily itinerary, try to create time for rest and unwinding. Like don't jam pack your days if you can help it. So I know it's really hard when you can only take so many days off of work or so many days off between school days and there's so many family members you need to meet or there's like 15 different points of interest that you want to see in this location and you have to fit it into three days. And then add to that maybe time change or not having reliable transportation and you have to take buses and trains or Ubers to get everywhere. There's all these things that can like compact your day and the time that you have in the day. Try your best to create time for rest and unwinding. So whether this means you go back to the hotel or Airbnb in the middle of the day for like a midday break, or maybe in your day you kind of schedule like lunch to be really long so you can sit on a park bench and like have ice cream and just like sit and not have to like be somewhere like one thing after another. Find time where you can rest and unwind. If you can schedule in naps or like actual time at the hotel to be in like um, a more regulating environment where there's like a couch or a bed for them to rest or hang out in, that would be ideal. But obviously I realized with some vacation schedules and timing, it doesn't always work out, but you will, the, the whole family will benefit if you make time to add that into your day. And you know what? I have found out that after coaching a lot of parents through this over the summer, I've, I've consulted with a lot of families over the summer about preparing for a certain family vacations. Most of the families who are going on this vacation are willing to do this, but they were like, oh, you know, our grandparents are not going to want to take that time in the middle of the day, or we're traveling with our neighbors, or we're traveling with my sister-in-law and their family is go, 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 but we're not. That is definitely going to be a boundary that you have to be willing to set 
for the benefit of your child and your whole family. So it's definitely something that's doable. You just have to be comfortable with advocating for why you need it and um, setting your child up for success and understanding with, you know, oh, well, I know that their family is going to go here today, but for us, we're going to stay back in the hotel and have a quiet lunch for a little bit, and then we'll meet up with them later. So you can make it work for your family, especially knowing that this is going to benefit everybody's regulation in the long run. Okay, so I always have to beat you to the punch. I know some of you might be rolling your eyes or your partner who's listening next to you might be saying, there's no way. I'm not doing all of that when we're supposed to be on vacation. Why do we need to take all of those extreme measures for this? Like, it's just vacation. We're just going to pack our stuff and go. Like, we don't need to schedule all this or prepare our child for all of this. It's too much. I hear you. It is a lot of effort and sometimes it really does suck to have to spend so much effort accommodating your child's needs and it may not always be feasible or doable. Let's just sit here and acknowledge that we can still want to go on vacation, we can still love our child and also dread the effort that it takes to prepare our child for something that other kids might not need that extra effort for. You're allowed to have those feelings, your partner is allowed to say that sucks and they don't want to do it. And I'm still going to be here to tell you that it's going to be way more beneficial to spend your energy this way than it would be to have to deal with the impending meltdowns or dysregulation or having to miss out on certain things because your child was way too tired or hangry to get there. So just think about it. If you don't spend the effort now setting these accommodations up, packing familiar clothes, showing your child pictures of what to expect ordering the Instacart ahead of time. If you don't spend that effort now, how much energy are you going to spend later when you're on vacation and your child is dysregulated, refusing to get dressed, refusing to eat the food that's at the restaurant, or when they're crying and screaming and not wanting to enjoy the luau like everybody else in the family is. So if you or your partner don't have the ability or the energy or the will to set up these accommodations, I get it. It's not easy and sometimes it feels like it's not fair. If that's the case though, then just be ready and willing to deal with a dysregulated child. You can't expect them to live up to these expectations and be regulated without these accommodations if you already know that these things are gonna be hard for them. But sometimes that's the mindset that I need to get into myself. So sometimes I'll consider how much effort it's going to take to get my daughter to be set up for success before a vacation. And sometimes I'll say like, well, I'll need to cancel that outing. There's no way we can do that at 7 p.m. on the same day after we do Legoland. Um, We'll cancel that to avoid a potential meltdown. Or I'll say, well, I'm not willing to make that accommodation. I don't have time to set her up for that. I do still really want to go to that place for dinner or see that show at 7 p.m. Let's just see how it goes. And I know going into it full well that it could backfire on us and that she could have a complete meltdown. But for me, like knowing that that's a possibility, not hoping it happens, not willing it into existence, but just mentally preparing like, Laura, don't have high expectations. We're going to try this. And if she does well with it, that's great. If not, I'm prepared to help her through it. And I'm prepared to know that like, this is what happens when I don't accommodate my child. So it's just a mindset thing. And But you know what? Sometimes it ends up working out. Sometimes she surprises us. But 
I just feel better being prepared for it rather than just like crossing my fingers and holding my breath that she's going to be an angel the entire time. But sometimes she completely surprises me like the time we went to Legoland and she got like two hours of sleep that night and the next day she did a whole day at the zoo, which I almost didn't take her to because I was so stressed about her not sleeping well and her having a long day the day before. I was like, I need to veto the zoo. But you know what? She completely surprised me. And then we didn't even have to fake those it was worth it photos because you know what? It actually was worth it that time. So I hope that these tips help you plan for your next quote vacation and that you can feel more confident in your ability to support your child's needs whenever you go. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it and leaving a review, which helps other parents find me as well. Want to learn more from me? I share tons more over on Instagram at the OT Butterfly. See you next time.